We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Welcome to the Big Cat Chat podcast, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. My name is Jack Martin and I am joined by my co-host Natalie Sinclair. Nat, how are you? I'm well, how are you? I'm very good, thanks. I'm excited to get going on this. Me too. I think the last time we were doing something like this was fresh after the grand final. So it's um, exciting to be back at the beginning this time and we've got a whole season ahead of us. And yeah, it's the best time of year, I reckon. Yeah, and I think, I reckon we're probably a little less drained than we were last time. Oh, my God. Yeah, the mental, the just the mentally, you know, having to go through those finals was just something else. So I think, yeah, it's the beginning of the season, the first couple of games, you know, aren't stressful. It's all good. Everything's fine. Plenty of time to fix things. Um, unlike the last time we spoke when there was no time and <laughs> no room for error. So, yeah, it's great. Great to be back. Yeah, I actually had... Um, one of the hosts from the Bay 53 pod messaged me after our first episode of our little series that we did last year. Um, anyone listening, if you haven't listened to that, go back and do it because it's it's pretty cool, actually, like the way that we basically got to document how we were feeling as we went through to winning the grand final. Um, I've actually listened back to it a bunch of times. Um, me too. because it's Yeah, I think especially because, you know, it was kind of like the first one we did was at a point of relatively little hope. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and kind yeah. of yeah hearing us like I guess um hang in there it was just it's cool it's cool to listen back and, and kind of realize wow it actually happened so yeah yeah well I had um I had him telling me that he could sense the nervousness in our voices when we were talking about <laughs> versing Melbourne and I think at one oh. point you said I think you said the winner of the prelim will probably win the grand final and I was yeah, like, yeah, I was thinking that too. And we were sort of backtracking a little bit. And he was like, I could tell you guys didn't want to say that. So that was pretty yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Love yeah, a lot, a lot more relaxed now. Um, mm. I don't know about you, but I have found a way of, you know, shooing in Penrith winning the premiership into just about every conversation in my personal life. <laughs> Me too. It's been wonderful. I think, yeah, I think just you kind of have this like air about you everywhere you go. <laughs> like, oh like yeah. The premiership and you try and slip it into any conversation that you support the Panthers to anyone new. And just like, yeah, yeah. Lucky, lucky team, lucky us. Yeah. And I'll, I'll do things like wear a Jersey. That's like maybe a couple of years old. So I'm like, Oh, people know that I've, you know, I've been through the, been through the trenches. I here. always do. I'm the same way. It's like, Oh, I cheer, I cheer them for five years from 2013 onwards. Yeah. <laughs> so no, I'm not just one of those people that's like decided to go for the Panthers. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely important to note. Do you show <laughs> people your pink tweet? But I'm not one of them. Um, <laughs> I really should. <laughs> My proof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They know who you are. <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, we're just going to be talking about everything to do with the Penrith Panthers, anything that happens on the field, off the field, you know, 
some silly things that CEOs might have said. Um, <laughs> you know, about existence. Yeah, yeah, you know, but something about developing players. Um, yeah, just every everything that we basically feel needs to be spoken about and we're happy to get any suggestions off the listeners about what you guys want to hear um yeah that's we when we don't really have a completely set criteria about what it's going to be so we'll just see how it goes yeah we'll see where it takes us into your way with the premiership uh now nat i want to hear from you how did you start supporting the Panthers? And could you maybe go into a few little associations you've had with the club in the past? <laughs> um, so I started supporting the Panthers because my dad did. Um, and I will admit that I have the very large skeleton in my closet that I initially was a Sharks fan when I was Ooh. very young because my little brother, my, my little brother was, he liked the animal. Um, and then I'm talking when I was like five or six here. And then I started realizing my dad would talk to me about league, but every time I wanted to talk about the sharks, he was a bit blase. But if I wanted to talk about Penrith, he'd be really into it. So I thought, hang on a sec, maybe I'll start, maybe I'll go with Panthers. So I've changed the Panthers um, and then kind of, yeah, it became an obsession from there. I think the school I was at, which was Mitch Kenny's school, may I add. <laughs> Quick plug there, <laughs> was, yep, nice. Yeah, was a massive NRL, like everyone was obsessed with the NRL. Like we used to have literal fights with each other. We wouldn't talk for weeks <laughs> over the NRL. Like we were so obsessed with it. So it was so ingrained in everything I did at school, everything I did at home. My family was so into it. So it kind of went from there. Um, and from that point, I just wanted to be involved with the NRL. It was the only thing I really wanted to do when I was leaving school. I wanted to be a part of it. So I wanted to cheerlead because I was a dancer. Um, so then I, yeah, I became a cheerleader in 2013, did that for five years. It was amazing. Um, and then when I finished up into the end of 2017, um, I became a lawyer that year. So it just became a situation where, you know, it just wasn't matching up in terms of having the time, I guess, to go to the training and really commit to everything I had to commit to. You also get to a stage as well where you want to let the younger girls come through because there's only about 20, 20 spots every year and it usually goes to the same girls. So I think when you've had your run, it's nice to let others have a run. Um, so then I, the year after that, Penrith asked me to come back in 2018 and be co-ground announcer, which lasted about half a season <laughs> until they decided they wanted to go in a different direction. So I wasn't that yeah, good at it. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all right. So, um, yeah, you can't be good at everything, everybody. Um, so, yeah, that's my association with Penrith pretty much ended there. Um, but, yeah, ma massive spot in my heart for the club. They really did so much for me when um, I was chilling there to give me a real voice in terms of, you know, being a lawyer at the same time because you don't really hear at the time anyway. You didn't really hear many stories about the cheerleaders and I guess there was an idea that they kind of just all they did with their lives was rock up and dance around on the weekends for the Panthers. And that's not the case with cheerleaders at all. So I am extremely grateful for the um, platform the club gave me to on multiple occasions speak about that. Um, they were amazing. So yeah, that's my association. How about you, Jack? How did you start? Uh, well, I can't actually remember which moment came first, but I remember two specific things. And it was both when I was in kindergarten um, there was a kid on my street who had a footy and I remember asking my mum one day if I could get a footy 
And she said, yes, I'm pretty sure that really tore her up inside because I think she was hoping I wouldn't be a footy fan. Um, <laughs> she's a very passionate footy fan now, but she wasn't at all then. Um, and so it's either that because my mum did buy me a footy and it was one of those like, it was a Steeden, but one of those like supporter ones where it was Penrith. Mm. Mm-hmm. It was either that or I remember the Panthers coming to my school that year doing a school visit because I grew up in oh, Penrith. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember meeting Reese Wesser at it. So he instantly became my favorite player. Yeah. Wow. What a legend. Yeah. And so I remember, I, st- I still remember like going to my first game and everything and like a few games throughout 2003, which was that the year that I started supporting. So it was a pretty good year. Um, I, I didn't have a clue what the grand final was. Mm. Um, I knew we won it, but I didn't know what it meant until the next year watching the Bulldogs win it when my dad explained it to me because that was the year yeah. I started playing footy and I became truly obsessed. But yeah. I just remember watching NRL games like being at Penrith Stadium and not, not knowing what was going on. And yeah. uh, my mum or dad would say, oh, reese has got the ball. And I'd get really excited. And then they'd be like, oh, he doesn't have it now because he might have passed or gotten tackled or something. And I remember I would yeah. actually get a little bit frustrated that rugby league was too fast because yeah, I couldn't yeah. I couldn't notice in time. Um, yeah, yeah. It's hard when you're a kid. Yeah. But then once I started playing, I I understood. And yeah, I think just as every year went on, my love for the Panthers grew and grew. And it's just, yeah, it hasn't stopped yet. So I think it's one of those things and I was talking about the other day to somebody. Unless you are a massive supporter of the NRL, you don't understand what it's like. It's I could never imagine my life without it. And I oh, feel no. I generally yeah. feel sorry for people who don't follow an NRL or a sports team because it really does add um, something to your life that it's really you can't replace. Um, and yeah, it's just so nice, you know, through the good times and the bad times to really ride that way with a team is really special. So yeah, it's it's you know, not every year is going to be grand finals. Not every era is going to be winning all the time, but that does make it better when it is the case. So it's just a wonderful thing to be a part of. Yeah, it's it's something where I've I've always held this opinion but never voiced it too much because I don't want to seem like a bit of an idiot. But I'm kind of like, if you don't like, like if you don't have a sport that you're passionate for, like what do you do? <laughs> actually it's so funny the other day my brother said to my fiance he was like oh um my brother's a bit younger he's like 21 he said sorry do your parents watch x sport he's like no so like, do they watch this sport he's like no and he goes well what do they do yeah. <laughs> he was genuinely confused as to what they did <laughs> and it's just something when he's so involved with it you know it's so special yeah it's something where i'm just like i don't understand what people do like with their weekends and like what do you what do you talk to people about it's it's clearly become an obsession for the two of us um Definitely, i'm not sure yeah. whether that is a good thing or a bad thing it's probably a good thing at the moment for us it's a good thing at the moment yeah it yeah, can really impact yeah. your mood when it's a bad thing which is unfortunate but um yeah. yeah it's it's a good thing for the moment so we'll ride that wave for sure yeah if we become like the tigers it might end up being a bad thing yeah, that's half my family are Tigers fans, and <laughs> they seek they seek joy from other things. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they they had to you know develop interests in like arts or something, I guess, didn't they? <laughs> Anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no 
expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of rugby league or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Okay, so we're just going to get right into it. We're going to go through the player gains and losses and the re-signings that we've made over the off-season. Um, in terms of the losses, that's probably what's, you know, the bigger category out of all of them. We've lost, you know, Matt Burton, Kurt Capewell, Paul Momorowski, Brent Naden, Tavita Pango Jr. And thankfully Tyrone May. Um, mm, thank Christ. Yes, which that was... That was something that that hadn't hit the news yet last time we recorded. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not sure whether we should talk too much about it just because we don't want to really make this podcast too negative. But Negative, um, yeah. Let's keep it positive and light. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's let's stay happy. But um, let's just say we're both quite happy he's gone uh, for on and off the field reasons. <laughs> Thrilled. Um, yep. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, those are some pretty big losses for the most part. Um I'd say especially Burton and Capewell. Um, Momorowski, Naden and Pango Jr. were also very good. But those two especially have were just fantastic the whole time for us. Uh, is that something that worries you at all? I would say it worries me a little bit um, just because there might be a little bit of a lack of, I say that, but then the trial on the weekend may have my mind, but there's a little bit of a lack of depth potentially around the centres and the wings and the backs. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah, I guess when we lost Burton and then we, I quite liked Brent Naden. So I thought, you know, he could fill a void there and then he's gone too. Um, you know, and Momorowski's gone as well. It kind of is like, we've kind of thinned out that a little bit. Um, so that's concerning. I think the, the player that Matt Burton was when he actually left was very different to the per- player we thought he was going to be when he signed on with the Bulldogs um, in that he was going to be a backup half where he's and maybe like a bench role and he became the world's greatest centre. So that's going to be, um, we're going to notice that because he was like an extra half in Merritt centres. He was super reliable in attack and defence, um, and I think he's going to leave a void for sure. Um, I also really enjoyed TPJ's contribution in the finals. I grew very attached to him in a very short amount of time um, just because he is obviously a very, very naturally talented player. And to see him actually somewhere where he wasn't distracted by off-field problems and the Broncos, you know, um, for whatever reason, was not a very good environment for him. To see him thrive in an environment that was good for him really showed us the player he can be. And I wish that we could have kept him because, you know, he just, he really helped us get to that grand final. But on a whole, I think we obviously pride ourselves on juniors, which we will discuss later on um, in, in the podcast. But knowing, seeing the trial on the weekend, knowing we have kind of like this just endless pool of talent to, to rise up and take someone's place is really exciting. And I think instead of, I guess, dwelling on the losses, whilst I really do think we're going to, um, you know, rue the loss of Capewell and um, Burton to an extent, if it means that someone can come up and make their debut, like so many of our players have done with us, I'm looking forward to it. So I'm not going to panic yet. We'll wait and see what happens, you know, in the first few rounds um, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, interestingly, in the two of our losses are our two starting centres 
and it was a position, yeah, where we really didn't have too much depth. I mean, one of them, as you said, is a half that just did a fantastic job at centre. Um, yeah, it's... I'm assuming Stephen Crichton will take one of the centre positions. He'll move in off the wing. And I'm guessing the other position is going to Isaac Tago. Um, yeah. But... Yeah you know, these trials are a good opportunity and they relieved some of my stress about it as well, to be honest. All of the players who rotated through the backs for us on the weekend were fantastic. And I know it wasn't the strongest Sharks side, but if you look at the way that they played compared to a lot of other teams that played over the weekend, like they actually look ready for rugby league. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the other teams seem to just treat it like a bit of a hit out. Yeah, and I think... The one thing that I really noticed is we seem to have the same attitude in that team that we do in the first grade side, which is you don't panic and try and run 100 points in the first 10 minutes. We kind of, you know, did exactly what we did throughout the whole of last year, which is just bide your time, keep your defence up, and then the attack, the points just really came on quickly towards the end. And it happens because the other, tide, the other side get really tired. We're really fit, and I think that's in both levels, both the reserve graders and the first grade team. And to see that is really promising because you know that they are going to have an easier time if they do have to slot in to the first grade side rather than being like, you know, what is going on, Um, which happens to a lot of rookies when they first start. So it was really promising. Yeah, it was. I agree with the fitness point because I've never asked him this, but it seems like Ivan really likes players who are good trainers and are fit. Uh, which, you know, obviously every coach would like them, but there have probably been plenty of opportunities throughout his coaching career where he could have picked other players over, say, someone like a Dylan Edwards, but he's kept the faith yeah. in them. And I remember him saying during an interview once that Dylan Edwards is probably the best trainer at the club. And love that man. Oh, oh we don't worry, guys. There will be a <laughs> Dylan Edwards episode coming up. Um, <laughs> We just got to wait for him to play. Um, but yeah, it's one where they they all do just look fit and they're happy to like, we're an attacking team with the way that we play because we set up to attack on every play. But what we do is we just grind every team out and we stay in it defensively because we're so yeah. much fitter. And yeah. yeah, you're right. Like we did, we didn't, you know, put on 10 points in the first 10 minutes or anything like Parramatta did against the Dragons. But the difference between our games was that we didn't run out of steam. Exactly. And, and we kind of yeah. rely on the other team running out of steam and it pretty much always happens. So where his points don't come super easily at the beginning and our attack was a little bit clunky, there are a few errors, which is always to be expected, firstly, from a reserve grade side and secondly, at the beginning of the season, we do kind of just you know, tie them out. And most of the time that works, except for finals games um, where you just have to find another gear to stick in, which we do. But um, yeah, I think that's a really good thing to see across both grades. Oh, it definitely is. And you can see why we were doing so well in our New South Wales Cup and Jersey Fleck teams when the season shut down last year. Uh, I think at one point, we were coming first in all three divisions. I think we fell yeah. away a little bit in the uh, Jersey flag, but we were still top four, Yeah, we I did, believe. but New South Wales Cup yeah. stuck in there. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And so that's one of those things where, you know, we will naturally lose players and 
Matt Burton deserved that opportunity because he is a half. He deserves to have the opportunity to prove himself as a half, and he wasn't going to get it at Penrith. No. Uh, Paul Momorowski got offered just a better deal for more years near where he lives at the club he debuted at. It just made sense for him. Um, I do wish the club hadn't released him from the final year and maybe he just signed 12 months in advance for the Roosters. Yeah. Um, I guess they maybe they, they had had a discussion and he just really wanted to be closer to home and they thought it was probably better to, you know, have a different player in than an unhappy better player. Um, and they're also yeah. seeing stuff that we don't see, you know. So they they might yeah. nothing against Paul. I think Paul's amazing, but they might see someone who can slot into his position, and they've got a lot of faith in it. So I think that they probably, yeah, they they if they really needed him this year, they would have kept him. Yeah, and like we said, like Stephen Crichton made the play that won us the grand final, and Isaac Tago was our rookie of the year. So it's not like we have bad players coming through. No. Exactly. And, you know, Robert Jennings played a little bit at centre the other day as well. He's got plenty of experience. Yeah. Yeah. I thought he was good. He was good when he went back out onto the wing too. Um, I was actually very no, impressed No, he was. With he him. was quite good. Me too. Yeah. I was impressed too. He's actually one of the players that we re-signed uh, over the yep. season. We actually have <laughs> quite back. a few. Re- yeah, we actually have quite a few re-signings. It's uh, Stephen Crichton, James Fisher-Harris, Robert Jennings, uh, the great man Mitchell Kenny. Uh, Spencer Lenu, Moses Leota, Jerome Luai, uh, Hot Scott Sorensen, and our co-captain Isaiah Yo. Um, Dylan Edwards as well, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, he resigned yeah. the other week. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Get uh, get on that zero tackle. Um, <laughs> the important one. <laughs> yeah. Geez. Um, well, yeah. That's yeah. That's a lot of important players that we've resigned, and then other players like Robert Jennings, who will provide quality depth when needed. So there has been a bit of a discussion about Penrith maybe not being favourites to go back-to-back because of the players they've lost. But I think you need to look at the players we've retained rather than that. And absolutely no offence to Matt Burton and Paul Momorowski because they're both fantastic players and I in no way want to diminish how good they are but I don't think centre is the most important position that you need to be retaining players in at the moment in the NRL. No, I agree. And I think when you keep that spine together, which we have for the minute anyway, um, that's the most important thing. I think keeping Jerome and Nathan happy and at front and centre of our team, then you've got supporting players like Brian Tuo, you know, Isaiah Yeo, we saw the difference that kind of group made to New South Wales Origin. Um, and I guess what they can, that showed everybody what we see every week and why it's so important to keep those players together. And if that means we're going to lose somebody in a position like centre or wing, sometimes that's the way it's going to be, especially when they're going to opportunities that better serve them. And I will always be happy if a player can do that. I don't want to, you know, keep somebody for the sake of it in a position they don't want to play for less money where somewhere where they're away from home, you know. Um, it's not realistic. It's not business. Um, and I'm really happy to see those other players have those opportunities as much as we'll miss them. Yeah, plus, you know, come November 1, Matt Burton is going to re-sign with Penrith anyway. He's coming so back. It's sweet, yeah. Yeah, he's bringing Tevita <laughs> and Brent home. with him. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, so, moving on to our signings, 
we've we haven't made any big signings. Um, we've upgraded two players in Thomas Jenkins and Maverick Geyer, both who were very good on the weekend. Maverick especially just showed, you know, he's got so much of his dad's qualities in him. Uh, hopefully a little less uh, fighting in him, but, you know, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> I think so. I think Mav's pretty yeah. chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's a different era too. You know, yeah. he's not he's not like a Jack Hetherington or a Dylan no, Narper or a Kane not. Evans where no. he's literally no. should be playing in a different era. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we've elevated those two, which I'm very happy with. Um, I, I think we've upgraded... Sunia Taruva as well, I thought. Um, maybe not. Uh, that might just be me being wrong, but that's okay. Um, I hope so. I like him. Mm. I like him too. And he can play a number of positions too. He's played you know, fullback, centre and wing so far, what I've seen. And he's been reasonable, if not better, at all of them. So, you know, we could see him getting a crack at some point this year. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, yeah, And then we've also brought back... Christian Crichton and Sean O'Sullivan, two players who played their juniors with Penrith. Christian actually debuted in the NRL for Penrith. Uh, was it 2018? He was at Penrith, wasn't it? Yep. 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 And he's he was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yep. Stephen's older brother, by the way. Um, yep. He, he, yeah, he just, he left for an opportunity because he wasn't going to be a starting player. Um, I think a few injuries and stuff got in the way at the Bulldogs. Plus, it, no offense to the Bulldogs, but it's kind of hard for many players to shine in that team the last few years. I also think we don't need to, like, I guess, sugarcoat. He's not the world's greatest player. He's not his brother. No. So that probably got us a little something to do with it as well. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Um, there's, yeah, there's injuries and ability, um, but that's okay. Yeah. He, he's, he, I think he is a player who is just coming in to do a job when needed. Um, you know, I don't think Penrith have sugarcoated anything and promised him that he'll be starting in round one. Um, I think there's a few players ahead of him. Um, yeah. And, you know, he came on a train and trial and then eventually earned a contract. So that could probably, you could only see that as a good thing, a good sign. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I hope he proves us wrong. Uh, Me too, yeah. and I think uh, I hope so as well. Um, yeah. But also, you know, he he's a depth player, um, yeah. and it's, you need them. You need them. You know, do we think he's going to be starting every week? No, but he's there if we need him, and that's important as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And you know, you can't go out and sign, you know, Matt Burton and Matt Dufty and Josh Adokar, not yeah. when you've already got a bunch of players who dips. are yeah. high earners. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we we actually yeah. have a salary cap of ten um yeah <laughs> yeah um and we brought back sean o'sullivan who i knew he played juniors with us i wasn't sure when he left but i heard in his post-match interview that it's the first time he's worn a penrith jersey since he was 17 oh, that's uh, awesome. so yeah i believe he spent some time at the roosters then at brisbane then at the warriors and now he's back and yeah uh he, he did well on the weekend he was very good. He did. He was really good. Um, he was so was Kurt Falls. They were really, yes. really good. Um, and it was exciting to see that. Um, because I guess the the thing is there is going to be the origin period, which really did stuff us yeah. last year. We only lost two games in that period, but the rest of them could have gone either way. They were not um 
comfortable games by any stretch no, of the imagination. So knowing that we have someone there that can kind of, uh, you know, that halves pairing as well is is good um, to have there when Jerome and Nathan are out. And if either of them have a long-term injury, I was just thinking to myself last night, we've been fairly lucky with that recently. Um, aside from the niggly injuries we had towards the end of last year, which we kind of held on with. But, you know, we see it happen. I don't want to put this out into the universe, but look at the Roosters. You know, Luke Keery's out early on in the year, last year, and you need to have someone there in case that happens. And um, I'm fairly confident with both Sean O'Sullivan and Kurt Falls that there is um, a contingency plan. Yeah, well, the Roosters are a great example of that because they lost, they started the year with Luke Keery and Lachlan Lamb as their halves, and they lost both of them in the same game. And they had to play an 18-year-old who ended up being a very good 18-year-old in Sam Walker. Mm. And Mm -hmm. then a player who was highly touted a few years ago, but then has been a bit of a late bloomer in, what's his name? (laughs) Oh, no. I really like him too. Sam Walker? Oh, wait, wait. Uh, um, Drew Hutchison. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they ended up with that pairing. And, you know, after a while, the continuity of those two playing together, it clearly worked. And, you know, they made it as far as they did with that halves pairing. And it shows that you do need quality backups. And I think, like you said, those two as a pairing, because I don't see either of them getting the 14 jersey for Penrith. And I think that's a good thing that they will be playing together every week in cup. Yeah. Because as much as, you know, the, lack of ability that Tyron May has, the pairing of him and Burton simply didn't work as well because they weren't a pairing. No, they and weren't a pairing. Yeah, Burton was playing well, but he was playing as an individual. He, he was, was just stepping off that left foot and scoring tries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he pretty much every time last year that he played in the halves, he single-handedly like got us from the dead. We almost beat um, Cronulla thanks to him in that second half, just literally reviving us by himself. There was no, there was no no teamwork at all. So having the two of them there is very promising in that respect. Yeah. And he, I believe is the one who kicked the field goal against Parramatta. Uh, He he scored two tries against the Roosters. Yeah. 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 Took him a while. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Now that he's not there, I don't know he'll be shooting them if Nathan's not available because Dylan doesn't. Oh, Dylan, of course. (laughs) <laughs> oh, he's going to run backwards a bit though he's going to run to the floor oh well that answers that one then doesn't it <laughs> it does but yeah I think that'll be a big help will just be that continuity and you know when we're not blind we know that Sean O'Sullivan and Kurt Falls aren't Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai clones no. but they're not bad players they could probably be starting halves at a lower down team. And who knows, in a year or two, they might end up being that as a result of the opportunities they will get through Origin. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's good that we got them there and they were quite impressive um, on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. And the final signing, according to Zero Tackle, um, this might not be correct. Um, this isn't a great reference for them, is it? Um, great website other than that. <laughs> uh, I recommend it. Uh, is Preston Ricky, who is the younger brother of Jordan Ricky, And I'll be honest, I know nothing about him. Me too. <laughs> yeah. So, and I think um, he's got, he got injured, so we're not going to yes. see him for a little bit. Yes. So uh, all we can say is uh, 
good luck, Preston. I hope you are even a fraction as good as your brother is because he's a very good player. He is. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll move swiftly on from that one because we don't know. Um, <laughs> hey, perhaps a listener can, you know, give us some info on him. Exactly. Let us know, give us a scout report. Uh, some other off-season news. Uh, we're getting a new stadium, mate. Yay, it's like bittersweet. You know, I'm never going to sit here and complain about getting a new stadium um, because it's a privilege and it's so exciting. Um, but it's also sad because we've had so many great memories. I mean, I personally have had amazing memories at that stadium. That's where I did all my cheerleading. Um, so, yeah, but then I, you know, think about if we're going to get something similar to Bankwest or Combank, whatever they want to call it these days, and that's really exciting. So, yeah, very exciting news and a lovely reward for such a successful few years out there. Yeah, I think it's Penrith's a good suburban ground, but it's needed in order for it to go to the next level. When you look at the infrastructure being built in that area, they're building the convention center across the road in the car park of the league's club. They're, you know, people are moving out here in their droves. So we're going to need more people to fit in because mm. I believe they, it feels like they cap the capacity a little lower now even in a yeah, non-COVID period, just yeah, because yeah. I don't think it's safe to fit 22,500 in there. Who makes a try um, and squish 25 back in the day? Yeah. And these days that insane. definitely doesn't happen. Yeah, was, yeah, it's not comfortable. I was at the game in 2010 against Para, which was our record crowd, mm. and it was... I was there too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy, wasn't it? Like, I remember, um, you know, obviously this was before your days as the ground announcer, but the ground announcer, <laughs> Scotty, like asking people in the general admission seated areas to move along to the end of the aisles so that people can all squeeze in together because people tend to, maybe, yeah. you know, leave a seat gap and stuff like that. And they just couldn't. I remember and I was like 17 and some parents left their children with us to mind them while they went to the bathroom because they didn't want to lose their spot. So they oh left God. some children with some 17-year-olds. Yeah, <laughs> like actually, that was what we're dealing with. Yeah, I asked a, I asked a para fan to save my seat for me and she actually did. I was surprised by that. Oh, um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, a few of them are nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I didn't mean you, Vic, but don't worry, you're nice too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's. I'm very excited for the stadium. It is bittersweet because I love our ground. I I remember uh, not last year. Wow, time flies. 2020, when the lockdown of the season was happening, there were a few times I went past the ground. And I genuinely like felt emotional because I missed going there. Yeah. And I was like, this is my favorite place in the world. Yeah. And I've always wanted us to get either an upgrade or a new ground. And I'm so excited for it. And I'm glad it's in the same place for some reason. It would yeah, have felt, no, that's important. It, it would have felt a little worse to me if they built it somewhere else in Penrith. Because like even though yeah, it's a it rebuild, it's still the same ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. not so much like you're picking it up and putting it somewhere else. Um, yeah. It's going to be similar, I guess, to Parramatta, um, which yeah. has been amazing for them. So it'd be amazing if we can get something similar. Yeah. And I think it will be sort of similar because I think Comeng uh, Stadium is now the template that they're going to use for grounds of around that size, those medium-sized grounds, because it's got everything you can possibly want. Um we haven't seen any like sort of renders or anything of what the design's going to look like. Um, and they haven't really given us any information aside from when they did the announcement. Um, 
we know that we'll be spending two years away at Parramatta, which, you know, that's not the worst thing in the world. It's a very nice ground. It's not too far away. Uh, I have to go there heaps of times throughout the year anyway because my girlfriend's yeah. a Parramatta supporter. So, um, and you know what? It's just, it's a great place to watch rugby league. So that'll be fine. And you know what? When we're done, we'll go to a slightly improved version of it because it'll be newer. So Exactly. You know, yeah, it's, it's a win-win. <laughs> yeah. I, I am going to feel really strange on our last game there. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's yeah. gonna be. You know, um, well, then like it might be a final. <laughs> yeah, oh, I hope but, we get a home final. Yeah, but I guess if you know, it's gonna be in the same place. It's gonna feel you know very similar. But you know, all good things must come to an end, and it's definitely um, you know for the better. So we're very blessed, very lucky. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's something that we don't want to see the ground go, but you can't stand in the way of progress. And in this yeah. case, it's positive progress, so that's okay. Definitely, yeah, we'll yeah. take it. Just some general rugby league news. There's been a few little rule changes. Um, I think the sort of the most, like the biggest change out of all is the little addition they've made to the six again, where yeah, it's, it's probably positive. It's, yeah, I think it's it's what in your own forty, it'll now just be a penalty yeah. rather than a six again to stop teams from Which doing just it intentionally. Just- yeah, yeah, and I think that's really good. I think that's really smart. I don't think, I mean, I'm definitely not on the six again hate brigade that so many are. I think it's got yeah. its place. But I do think that we were seeing so many teams, including our own, kind of abuse that rule um, yeah. and just give away it right at the beginning to give them a chance to, make you know, form their line and just have a bit of a breather. Um, so I think it's definitely a very positive change in that respect. Yeah, I'm I'm not on the six again hate brigade. I I think it's far from perfect. I thought it worked quite well in 2020, and I think they jumped the shark a little bit with the changes they made to it for 2021. And I think it just made it slightly easier for teams to exploit. But yeah. I think I I would have been okay with them just stripping the rule back down. But like, yep. they were never gonna do that. Um, no. And so I think this is this is a fine change. Like. I barely noticed it on the weekend. And I think that's a good thing. Like, yeah. It was, it was through hindsight that I realized at one point we had an offside penalty against us for like, like infringing the 10 meters, like in just a regular yeah. play. And I went, Oh yeah. Okay. And I went, Oh, that's, that's great that I didn't notice that, you know? Yeah. I didn't so, notice either. Yeah. Yeah. It would say the rules are working. Exactly. And yeah. I hope there'll be less complaints about it this year because it felt like it discredited it a little bit last year with all thinking about rules and you still see people now saying they only won because the rules changed. Yeah. We get uh, certain people saying that, yeah, rule changes helped us win the comp because didn't, didn't you hear that? They never changed a single rule in rugby league until 2020. Then Penrith became good. And the, Yeah, I know. And the rule change only applied to our team. Yeah. yeah. We had like the special yeah. intel on it. Yeah. Don't worry about that rule change helping a certain player win at Dell M because the competition was <laughs> lopsided, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, you might hear a bit of uh, saltiness towards Turbo throughout this show from us too. We actually like him, but... Love him as um, a human being. Yeah. But uh, we don't like Manly. So... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, the probably the biggest bit of news from the offseason though for the NRL is they announced that the Dolphins will be coming into the competition starting 2023. Yeah, which is, you know, it's very exciting, I guess, to have another team coming in. 
slightly underwhelmed with the team they're developing at the moment. Um, yeah. I think the fact that they're, you know, I think they would have ideally loved to have gotten more of a marquee signing like Caelan Ponga or Reese Walsh or something like that, Cameron Munster. If they had gotten that, it may have provided a bit more excitement than like a domino effect where more players might have been inclined to go there. But at the moment, it kind of feels like they're kind of going with the exception of Katoa from Penrith, they're kind of going with like all the old people, which is interesting for a new team. So I feel like that may have squashed the excitement a little bit. Um, but nonetheless, this time next year, it's going to be really great to see a new team in there and see how they go. Yeah, it's 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 creeping up on us, to be honest. Like the fact that they have already made, what, like six or so signings, it's showing that like before we realise, we will be watching you know, the Dolphins playing in the NRL. And yeah. yet some of their signings, I I think we've all been a little underwhelmed by. Um, yeah. But I don't think we should overreact too much and say that they're going to get the spoon or anything because and they've they're got, not going they've to make got a pretty good coach. straight away. It never happens. Yeah, yeah, and they do. And Wayne has a way, you know, of getting the best out of players and I've got faith in him in that respect. But you can't expect them to just rock up and be incredible straight away. And I think that we've got to let them build. That's my only concern as to signing a geriatric team is that it's meant to yeah. be building and how is it going to be building if they're all going to retire soon? So I think if they can try and scout a few more juniors like they did with Katoa, that's a really big step in the right direction because they can form a young team that can kind of get their first grade start even together and they can roll into that from there. And it might be horrendous at start. It might be like watching a car crash, but we've got to give them time, I guess, to develop and, and go from there. Yeah, it is, it is interesting that they have signed players who Wayne went to primary school with. Um, because they're just all extremely old. But, they are old. It's perplexing. <laughs> but it's funny to see how much it's annoying Melbourne Storm. So yeah, they're getting okay. their players ripped from them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also annoying our club, but yeah, we'll get to that. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> we'll definitely get to that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've been going to a few of our junior grade games the last few weeks. Uh, I didn't go this weekend because they were playing in Canberra, but I went to a couple of uh, our first two rounds in the SG Ball and Harold Matts and round two of our Tasha Gale Cup because all of those games were at Penrith. And, you know, it's anyone who has ever been inclined to go along, go and do it. It's, you, you pay five bucks at the gate and mm. it's sweet. Um, I'll give you a warning. It's cash because I didn't know that the first time I went there. And then I went to an ATM and it ate my card. Um, so it was a bit of a drama for me to get in the first time. But, you know, hopefully now that you guys all have this warning, uh, when I see <laughs> thousands upon thousands of you at the next game, you'll all know. Um, but <laughs> it's been very interesting to watch some of our junior players because, as always, we've got some fantastic players coming through. Uh, I've just written down the names of a few of them because you know I'm not going to go through and provide a little you know report on every single one of them because it's it can get a bit monotonous when you don't have a name for the face. Um, but I really liked in the SG Ball team. Uh, oh God, where is he? <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> good start. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, okay. That's right. I was looking at the wrong thing. That's why. Uh, yeah, uh, I really liked for our Harold Matts team, uh, 
our fullback, Wilson DeGorsi or DeGorsi. I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but he was very, very agile, uh, very fast, silky ball skills, pretty much everything you want from a fullback. Mm-hmm. Um, we had this winger, John Paul Denevsky, who in our first game, I remember thinking he there was a moment where we're versing the Central Coast Roosters and the Roosters put in a grubber and he just reached out and grabbed it sort of in, you know, the way that Critter reaches out and grabs things yeah. and you go, how did he get to that? Oh, and incredible my first, skills. Yeah, my first thought was, oh, there's a bit of Stephen Crichton in that. And I think we were down like 8-6 or something at the time. And then a minute later, he took an intercept. And I was like, it is Stephen wow, Crichton. Wow, <laughs> Yeah. He didn't <laughs> score. He got chased down. But then we scored on the next play. And, yeah, he he really, really impressed me. I don't, like, I don't really want to compare them too much to NRL players because I don't want to put too much pressure on them. Yeah. But I think it's just the easiest way to sort of give comparisons of players that they might be like. Um, there was this player, Billy Thompson, who was a hooker who, you know, once again, not doing too many comparisons, but he reminded me a bit of Damian Cook. Um, okay. So if he ends up anything like him, I'll be very happy with. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the halfback, Jet Cleary, who... Meaning Nathan. He, yep, he, and he plays just like how Nathan did at that age. Which that's scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe that's why we let Katoa leave. Um, I was going to say this. I can yeah, do plan. Yeah, yeah. Can't <laughs> wait for him to go to the Dolphins. Uh, <laughs> with the... <laughs> With the SG ball team, uh, yeah, Isaiah Katoa, he's a very, very good player. And I'm not surprised to see someone snatch him up. I'm I'm a bit shocked that, like, so I'm assuming for the rest of the year, he'll play out with the SG ball team at Penrith and perhaps a bit yeah. of Jersey flag after that. I'm a bit, I'll be a bit surprised if he goes straight into the NRL squad at the Dolphins. I think he might be a development player for a bit. Okay. Because he is only playing in the under 19s. So yeah. it's a big jump. And you know, I, I assume they'll sign an actual first grade halfback before they throw him to the wolves. Uh, because he's certainly not ready for that, but he's a very, very good player. And it is a loss, but yeah, we'll get to it. Don't worry. Uh and uh our lock and captain, Mason Teague, he he's an excellent player. He he gives me a bit of Fisher Harris vibes. And that's always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like perhaps not as aggressive, but in terms of the work rate, both on and off the ball, he was popping up, you know, in every play when we're on the attack, not in a Paul Gallon ball hog way, but in like being there if they needed him. And we actually fantastic. scored. Yeah. yeah. We actually scored a try off him running a fantastic hole and then putting someone through uh, like in support in a kind of Dylan Edwards, Nathan Cleary way. And it was very easy to see why he was the captain. Uh, I believe he's broken his jaw. So he's going to miss the rest of the SG ball season, but he will go into the 20 squad when that's done. Yeah. So that's a shame for him, but at least, you know, I'm sure he'll come back stronger from that because he seems like a very, very good player. He's just one of those players that 
you can see he's got it and he seems yeah, to have yeah. he seems to have the right attitude too so yeah hopefully he's one we can yeah keep a hold of because mm-hmm. yeah i'm very very impressed by him um in all honesty there weren't too many standouts in the tasha gale um it doesn't help when i only got to see one of the games because the round one game was in campbelltown um yeah but they have they have lost all their games um and they've they've been all right um you can tell that they're just lacking a little bit of cohesion to be honest yeah. And there's no standout players, but they seem to go through the game as a genuine team. Like when one of them awesome. drops the ball, they all stop dropping it. When one of them puts on a big yeah. hit, they all start doing it. And so I think it's one where I'm not sure how long the Tasha Gale season goes for. I think it's quite short, like the SG Ball and Harold Matz. But if they can just string together a bit of continuity, then you know, it looks good for them. And you know, hopefully one day we'll have a team in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership and in the NRLW. Oh, that would be so good. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, it and feels so like we're lagging can... a little bit behind in that respect, so it would be really good to see that. Yeah, because I don't know where they go to next from here, to be honest, because I'm not sure yeah. what the next pathway is. I know St Mary's play in the Women's Premiership, the New South Wales Premiership, yeah. um, but I'm not sure if there's any link there or anything, and it would be nice to see, to be honest, Penrith you know, do a bit more with that because absolutely there are just as many girls out here that want to play rugby league as there are guys. Yeah. 100%. It seems like a bit of a lost opportunity at the moment. So yeah, I grew up playing out here and you know, every year there were a few teams with girls in their teams and it's only increasing as more people are coming out here. And as Penrith are doing well, you know, you're seeing women everywhere with Penrith jerseys on, you know, you look down at like the Oztag fields, they're always playing. If we can just get a few more into league, then surely we can have a competitive side. Definitely. I think so. So, you know, uh, if you're listening to that, Penrith, uh, please, please take that advice. <laughs> uh, they clearly listen. They followed us on, on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> See how long that lasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So with our trial match against the Sharks, uh, what did you like from that game? Mav Gael. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to nice. be incredibly cliche and, um, you know, I saw a lot of people, I guess, starting to say, oh, why is there so much fuss, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was such an exciting game from him. And I think he's, you know, ever since he kind of signed on as that development player last year, there's been a bit of hype about him. And it's when you see a player live up to that hype in any sort of game, it's exciting because you start to really read into it and you're like, hang on, what have we got here? Um, And yeah, so I loved to see him and the way he played was fantastic. Um, The halves we've already discussed, Kurt Paul, Sean O'Sullivan, really, really good playing together. Robert Jennings was really good and, you know, solid there as well. Um, Thomas Jenkins, there were so many things to like about that trial. Um, So, yeah, I think basically the fact that we have all these wonderful juniors coming through, they celebrated every try as if they won the grand final, which I love. It's, you know, helped us so much over the past few years. It shows they're really tight knit. And I just love seeing that throughout the club. So it just kind of was like watching a little mini first grade team. And it was really great to watch. What did you like most about it? 
Uh, yeah, I liked the team overall. Like like you said, it felt like watching a mini first grade. Like it just, it felt like I was watching the NRL team, but just they all had different faces. Like it was, it was clear that they all come through together like that at every single level in the club at the moment and the club's in a very good place. Yeah. Like you said, Maverick Geyer was fantastic. I I watched him a bit in the 20s last year and he was he was very good then. Um he was one of those players who was just bigger than everyone else, but he still put in the effort to make it into every play that he could, which I think is something that you sometimes don't see in junior players who already have a physical advantage, but he's clearly put in the work because the improvement that I saw from him just in that game was fantastic. Like he, he can tackle, he can run, he can pass. You know, I, I think we will see him playing at some point this year. They've made slight alterations to who can play just due to COVID. And so I think, you know, if at some point we're a few forwards down, Mav will get a go and I can't wait to see it. Uh, I think we will. I think they'll see him in like a kicks kind of role. So I think they'll probably want to get him in there before kicks leaves next year. Um, So he's got a little bit of experience there rather than just throwing him in and hoping for the best. Yeah. So Even if we only give him a few minutes here and there, like. Yeah. Yeah. And then just like for the rest of the time, like, and then just play him 80 minutes every week in cup to get him as fit as possible. Then like, cause he's clearly got it as a player yeah. and he I does. have complete faith in the people working on the football side at the club to harness that ability and bring it out in him because it's, it's what they do very well. Uh, yeah. yeah. We, we touched on, yeah. Rob Jennings and the halves. They were both very good. Uh, Hopgood and Kenny, as always, just weren't letting us down at all. It was very yeah, good. Yeah, very solid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Eisenhuth was just, yeah. Himself. He was good. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't, wasn't anything special, but was good, and that's just what he does. And it just he shows that he's, yeah, he's still able to come in and plug a gap where needed. Uh, Charlie. Charlie Staines. Uh, oh, I forgot about Charlie. Yeah, I was because yeah. I think he went off in the first second half, but yeah. that first half he was brilliant. He was yeah. really good. He was. He seemed hungrier than he was last yeah. year, and I don't know. It's probably positional, and it's probably the fact that there isn't a pressure that he may have been feeling last year. Yeah. But he tended to, I guess, kind of get lost in the background, and sometimes he'd go entire games where he barely touched the ball. And when he did, he'd kind of just gone into his shell almost. And every time he touched the ball on, on, on Sunday, he just had so much hunger for it. And he was running, you know, massive meters. Um, he was excellent. Yeah, 100%. Because last year he came into the year, he'd played two games in 2020 and scored six tries. And everyone knew he was replacing Josh Mansour who is probably one of the club's best ever wingers and best ever servants as a player. And they got rid of him for Charlie's Danes. And so there was, that was always hanging over him and he was scoring tries. You know, he was, I think he was still our equal top try scorer with Matt Burton, but he wasn't doing much and he wasn't playing well and he wasn't developing. And he just, he looked like the Charlie Staines that, we'd all heard about before first grade 
again on the weekend. And I think it's yeah. just simply down to him playing fullback. Like he's a fullback. A, f- a bunch of years ago, he would have been a winger in like a Luke Burt mold, but those wingers yeah. don't exist anymore. No. Wingers now look like you know, Brian Toto and Josh Adokar. And he's just not one of those, but he is a fullback. And he was a little bit rusty, but everyone was. And he just looked so fantastic compared to what we saw last year. And I think that's really promising. I think yeah, he I will start the year as New South Wales Cup fullback. And we'll, he might even be the winger that comes in if there's a back missing. Um, but he he's like he's cemented the fact that his future is at fullback. Whether that's at Penrith or whether he has to move somewhere else to get that opportunity, he's he yeah. he made a statement, I think, with he his did. performance. But it was good because you do yeah. what you know, it is concerning that it kind of would have taken it out of him what happened last year, especially yeah. when he did have a fair bit of, you know, fuss about him and Josh yeah. left and it kind of just was disappointing, I guess. So I'm glad that he came back with that attitude. Um, and, yeah, it was really good to see. Yeah, and you know that I'm always going to – I have a little soft spot for Charlie. Because um, you may or may not live in his building. Yes, I may or may not live in the same building as him. Um, you see, Nat's claim to fame is going to school with Mitch Kenny. Mine is uh, – <laughs> I, I claim to be roommates with Charlie Staines. I'll be honest, I've never seen him like in the he elevator does not come or to anything. Any social events. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't come to our building social events or anything, but uh, I know he lives here because – we have a car park and I, he's been in that one and I've seen him, you know, walking in and out of the building before. Uh, I promise I'm not stalking him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I'm always going to back him and I, I'm always going to hope he does well. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to him, you know, repaying the faith that the club showed in him. Me too. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we get on to today's main discussion point? Absolutely. All right. Well, some of you may have heard that Isaiah Katoa, our SG ball halfback, has signed a three-year deal for the Dolphins. And the club in particular, CEO Brian Fletcher, don't seem very happy about it. Uh, there have been things that have been said by Fletcher, including saying that when development players like this get taken, it almost feels like a waste of time or something along those lines. Um, and he's made a bunch of statements such as that, and he's even come out, even came out and doubled down on it yesterday on the radio after he received a lot of backlash when people pointed out the obvious about how us developing players Do clearly isn't it. a waste of time. Mm. Yeah, and have brought up the issue of us, you know, stockpiling players, which is a genuine issue. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? Because I know you have very passionate feelings about this. You have mentioned the word yeah. rant to me twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just mind-blowing to me. Um, it's, I mean, it's business. It's business. And in business, sometimes you have to spend money on things that you may not reap a reward for. That's the way it works. As a lawyer, if I start at a firm and they develop me as a junior lawyer for three years and then they don't promote me and I choose to go elsewhere, do they get to claim compensation for me leaving when I could have had a really successful career and made them lots of money? No, 
because it's the way it goes. It's risk and reward in business and it's prioritizing. We all have a top 30 and we have 30 spots that we have first dibs for at those juniors, which we're filling them with. And we've done that and that's why we've won the grand final and we have another 13 players who didn't play the grand final who are bloody fantastic on our roster. So the idea that you are owed something for having a huge junior nursery, just a massive catchment area where players want to play league and have all the facilities to develop them into fantastic players is crazy to me because it's not an even playing field. If you take the example of a team like the Roosters, their catchment area, nobody wants to play league. They're all playing union. So for them, it's more difficult for them to create this juggernaut like we are. And it's just the way the world works and it's the way the NRL works. So when we're talking about compensation, I hear some people saying, let's give like a salary cap reduction on the players that, you know, you're developing. That's going to create a really uneven competition, even more uneven than it is already. And it's going to be great for a club like Penrith. We'll literally beat everybody constantly if we can sign those players for less. But it's just, it's not fair. And I don't see how people like Brian Fletcher can go out there and ask for money like that and say it's a waste of time and other clubs are being lazy when it's simply just not a level playing field in terms of the facilities and the catchment areas that all the clubs have. Yeah, no, I... I get used to this, listeners, because I 100% agree with that. Like, it, the fact that we produce so many juniors, look, the club does an excellent job with that, and for a number of years they didn't, but now they do, and the results are showing, and that's great. But the mere fact is we already have a lot of juniors in this area just because of the area that we're in. They're always going to come through. And some are always going to have to leave. We don't deserve the right to, say, have a bigger squad size or, you know, get to keep these players for cheaper or, you know, get compensation that other clubs wouldn't get when they lose players just for the mere fact that they are from Penrith or Mount Druitt or from just one of our catchment areas. It, it's a compliment to us, if anything. And it happens to every club. Everyone loses juniors. We were talking about Josh Mansour. He was a South Sydney junior and he came to us. You know, we, for the past 10 years, have had players like Tyron Peachy and Dean Farrow, who we signed after they got developed by Cronulla and Manly. You know, we had Paul Momorowski this year, who was a South Sydney junior and then a Roosters junior who we won a premiership with. It's always going to happen. And Brian Fletcher seems like overall he's been a good CEO for the club because the club has been on an upward trajectory since he's been in that role. Um, But he sometimes just comes out with statements like this that I don't agree with and I think paint the club in a bad light and make us look like sooks and whingers when we're in a position to be pretty happy. And it's not fair on a player like Katoa for his name to be thrown around like this and now some extra pressure put on him because everyone's going to expect him to be a very good player now when nobody knew who he was a week ago. He wasn't now, in our top 30. He wasn't even no. close to being in our top 30. So the fact that Brian, and this is what bothers me about it because a lot of people are saying, oh, it's been an issue for years. 
you know, it's nothing to do with Katoa. And it's like, well, Fletcher, maybe it's about Katoa because he took this yeah. kid's moment where he got signed on his 18th birthday to go to a foundation, like to, to a club that's brand new, which is super exciting for him. And yeah. he took it and he whinged to the media about how terrible it was that we were losing him. And it made it about him when we really did not offer him anything remotely, you know, um, tantalizing to stay. And if we do not prioritize him, if he's not on our top 30 or even the top 36 with those development players, we can't cry when he leaves. As far as I'm concerned, it's free pickings for everybody outside that, those contracted players. So I think it's unfair for pretty much, it's unfair for the Dolphins to have all this crap going on. It's unfair for Katoa to have this happening. And it just is not a good look. And to say it's a waste of time and we're coming off the most successful two years of our history and a premiership with all junior players is mind-boggling. That's the compensation. Where do, what do they need more money for? <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> it's <laughs> like, you know, and it happens. Players leave. And your job as a club that develops juniors is to make them want to stay and, more importantly, make them want to stay for a little bit less than what they might get going elsewhere. And that's something we've become very good at. It's something that Melbourne were very good at. Um, they got a lot of, besides the obvious salary cap cheating, after that, they had a lot of really fantastic players staying there for less than what they could get elsewhere. But then you look at a club like the Tigers and that's something they probably should improve on because they've had some really excellent players come up through them and be let go because they didn't want to stay. So... It's not just a recipe of if you have a great, great juniors, you know, everyone deserves to bow down to you and, you know, pay you for the letting the players go. If you can't keep them, that's the way it goes. You know, I don't hear the Tigers wanting compensation for letting go of their very great, you know, Adokar, Moses, Tedesco. They're not whinging. I mean, they're whinging that they left, but they're not saying that they should be owed anything for it. So why are we doing that over an 18-year-old who's not in our top 30? Yeah, I completely agree with everything you said there. Um, I know, you know there are a few people out there who don't agree with it, but the, the mere fact is we're not going to just back the club with everything because mm. we care about the club enough that we want the best for it. And sometimes you're going to have to criticise decisions that are made. and on this, we disagree with it. And one of the most special parts about what we did last year was the phrase that the squad was using was climb Everest. And if we stockpile all the best talent, then there's not going to be any Everest to climb. We're just going to be going up a hill and it's going to be easy. And so that's the reason why things like this exist. And it's not fair on players. And I know that, you know, um, the argument is, well, the NRL will pay the compensation, blah, blah, blah. But it makes it inarguably more difficult for them to be signed by the teams. It's just like an extra check and balance they're probably not going to be bothered with. Yeah. And there's so many players out there that, you know, desperately would love their shot, have developed, you know, we talk about Penrith putting time and money into them. What about the players themselves? They've put time and money into their development as well. And are we going to carry on and see if Penrith Panthers are the be-all and end-all of the world. And that's the only thing that matters in this scenario because it's not. 
the most important thing is the prospering of these players' careers. And if that has to be somewhere else and we have the best hubs in the competition, so be it. Yeah, like Penrith may be the be-all and end-all of our lives, but rugby league is bigger than the Penrith Panthers. It's bigger than Brian Fletcher and it's bigger than Isaiah Katoa. Exactly. Yeah, the game will go on. We'll be fine. And Mm -hmm. I wish him all the best. I hope he kills it. This is an amazing opportunity for an 18-year-old to get a three-year contract to work with arguably the greatest coach of all time. It's a way with the premiership. How about we talk a little bit about our upcoming trial match this weekend, the Battle of the West? What do you want to see? I mean, we don't have the team list yet because I think everyone's going rogue no. on team list Tuesday. Yes. So that's unfortunate. I mean, it'd be better if we had it so we could actually discuss who was playing. Um, yeah. But I'd like to see more of last week, you know, just that effort. I love that idea that defence wins games. I love that that's so focused on. I just want to see lo- very little points being let in. That's number thing, one thing I care about, I think. I wouldn't be upset if it was 6-0 our way. That's fine. Trials are just a bit of fun, to be honest. Like, like the game itself mm. is never the greatest, so I don't go into it with, you know, uh, what's the word? Expectations that it's going to mm. be the greatest game. I just want to see a good performance, and I'm assuming you know, both teams will be playing stronger squads for this game. Uh, I know that Nathan won't be available. Uh, he mm-hmm. said that he's possibly on track for round one but won't be playing in this game so it'll be interesting to see you know it'll probably be Sean O'Sullivan and Kurt Falls sharing that spot throughout the game as there's you know the unlimited interchanges and such Uh, but it'll be interesting to see things we will get to know the answers of things like who is going to start on the right wing is it going to be Taylor May is it going to be you know Charlie Staines is it going to be Rob Jennings it's, you know, we probably won't be able to tell by the initial lineup that's named, but given the performances that we see and whoever plays the most minutes and whoever hopefully doesn't get injured, that'll probably answer a lot of questions. And Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, you know, it's Parramatta, so I want us to flog them. But if we don't, it's not the biggest deal. Me too. It was so yeah. fun. It was honestly funner than I expected it on Sunday to watch the trial. Um, so, yeah, I think all I want to see is that same attitude that we've displayed so far. Um, and, yeah, I want to see that. If we see that, I'm happy. Yeah. Oh, one thing I will like to see would be uh, Maverick Gaia uh, absolutely flooring Regan Campbell-Gillard. Oh, wouldn't that be stunning? That would everyone be nice. on the planet would love that. Yeah. yeah, because, you know, he's already the better player and already has the better moustache, so, you know. <laughs> Two Ws. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're all about collecting Ws at the Panthers, in case any of Absolutely. you haven't noticed. Um, so what do you think we'll see? I want a little prediction from you. From the trial or from us this year in general? Uh, ooh, you know what? We'll go the trial and then we'll go the season in general. I expect we will see very little game time from our proper first graders, you know, yep. Louise, Edwards, etc. Um, I think they might start the game, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them go off at the 20-minute mark if there's quarters um, yep. or the halftime mark to get to give us another chance to see those fringe players and see if they're going to be getting a shot this year. 
Um, so I think that's what we're going to be seeing this week. Um, I expect, again, the halves to shine when they get a chance, um, being Kurt and Sean together. Very interested to see how each of them may um, work with Jerome as well. But I think the yeah, we're talking about that right center position. I think the backs is where we're going to be really focusing in on. Yeah, I think the backs is where there's definitely more question marks about selection. So I think that will be what we'll be focusing on. And there, there will be rotation in the forwards. There always is. And there will probably be more rotation in the forwards than there is in the backs. But I think there'll be more meaningful rotation yeah. in the backs than there are in the yeah. forwards. Like For sure, because yeah. that's where the question marks are. Yeah, like we might see like in the forwards, like a lock or a second rower playing a few minutes of prop just because they need some lungs out there. But mm. I think we will be seeing players playing in their intended position for the upcoming season in the back line. Yeah. And yeah, I think sure. that'll be very interesting because I think I think Taylor May will start round one as the winger. But yeah. I think if we see Charlie play a few minutes there, then that might be an indication that he is the sec the next choice for wing. And yeah. if he plays fullback, then it might mean he's the second choice for both. And exactly. I think a lot of the questions that we've all been asking ourselves and wondering about in these hypotheticals will be answered through that. Uh, I think we'll win. Um, I don't think it'll be by a big margin, but um, Parramatta looked bad when they took Reed Marnie off the other day and they're they not going to play him a full game. Yeah. Yeah, 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 not a, no, not a great time. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he huge, yeah. that team. I, neither of us will play our starting hookers for very big minutes because they're both injury-prone players. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's a position that we have better depth in. You know, our second-choice hooker is the best player in the world, Mitch Kenny. So We are just absolutely blessed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it's because we keep all our juniors. <laughs> thanks, Brian. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Brian. <laughs> um, yeah, so what do you think is coming up for the entire season? What's a, a little... A little prediction. We'll do these again properly before round one, but what do you think now? I'm sticking with my very controversial opinion that I put on Twitter mm. a little while ago that I think it might be Paramount's year. Um, I, in terms of Penrith, um, I think we will be extremely competitive and I think we'll be in the top four all year. Whether we will have it in us to make a third straight grand final is something I'm not sure of when there will be clubs out there that have that mental desire to go that one step further. So for me, a preliminary final exit would be probably what I foresee for us. But then I actually watch us play or watch the trial games and things like that and think, hang on, like we still are very good. So there is every possibility that we could do it again. Um, but I do believe that there's going to, I think that mental edge got us through last year. And I just think there are going to be other clubs there now like Parramatta, that are going to really be utilising that mental ledge a little bit more than we'll be able to. What about yeah, you? Yeah, I think I I really don't like your prediction about Parramatta, but I I can't help but think that there's a lot of accuracy in it. 
Like I, think, I don't like I th- it either. I don't. No, like it no, yeah, I could tell that you didn't want. Like to thinking say that, of Regan but... Campbell Gillard and Mitchell Moses and Clint Gutson winning a premiership makes me want to stop supporting oh, that. That is disgusting. That's yeah, how I'm strongly like... I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, you might see me at Waratahs games if that happens. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think they will have a good year. Um, I think they were starting to come over the hump with their performances in the finals, Parramatta. Yeah, they were. But whether they're able to do it or whether they bottle it, you know, who knows? Um, yeah. I think if the Roosters manage to have a year without as many thousands upon thousands of injuries to key players, then I yeah. think they will probably make the grand final. And, yeah, I was thinking, you know, I was hoping just for a home final for us. but Yeah, to say goodbye to that stadium. Yeah, um, but I just know that as soon as I watch the first grade, like the full-strength team play, that mm. I'm going to have that Penrith arrogance and yes, just yeah. think that we're going to no, win everything. I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. And, so, um, I don't think they're the type to coast either. So anything yeah. is possible. Yeah, Nathan is going to win three grand finals in a row and <laughs> retire at, what, 26 as an immortal. Um, and we'll be I, 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 yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, if anyone's wondering, uh, Nathan Cleary will also play as the halfback for Australia at the World Cup at the end Sorry. of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'm not watching. Um, <laughs> I'm no expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. Yeah, that's just about all we've got time for. Uh, Thank you, everyone, for listening in to this first episode. Uh, If you don't follow us on any of our social media, you can find us on both Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram name is Big Cat Chat. And then our Twitter name is Big Cat Chat Pod. Um, Big Cat Chat was taken by someone who hasn't tweeted in about 10 years, but that's okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, give us a follow on those, you know, jump in the comments or the replies or our messages. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like, what you want to hear more of. And yeah, we're just trying to have fun with this podcast. Um, we hope you do too. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you very much for joining me, Nat. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Yep. Yeah, I've, I've missed these chats, so it'll be good <laughs> to too. do them regularly this year. Definitely. Uh, Thank you so much, Big T, for letting us be part of your Sports Best Friends Network. Um, we, I'm very grateful for this yeah, chance to just talk about Penrith and have people hopefully like it. Mm. Thanks right. so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right. Um, we will see you again next week or, yeah, next week. We'll do – is there a – Yeah. We have a, we have a gap, don't we? But, yeah, we'll still do one next week, yeah? One week gap. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Okay, sweet. All right, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening and bye. See you later. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. 
Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember, social media isn't a bad place. You just need to follow the right people.